warm welcome to you all. Hope you'll thoroughly enjoy our program. Podcast, a very British podcast about very British movies with just a hint of professionalism. Hi, Scott here, as usual. At the other end of a Skype line is Stephen up in York. Good morning. Morning, mate. How are you both doing? Both. There's a clue there because sitting right exactly. next to me, for the <laughs> <laughs> sitting next to me for only the second time in just over 50 episodes. All three of us are together. Tony, hello. I'm glad you said in um, for all three of us together in 50 episodes. I've been here more than twice. Yeah, yeah, well, you have been here. I, I know. A few times, well, it doesn't seem it to the <laughs> listeners. <laughs> You've probably done about 15 or 16 episodes now. Oh God! Wow, I'm mm. in the Hall of Fame. You are. You've, you've appeared more times <laughs> yeah. than Cyril Chamberlain. Well, see. <laughs> what can I say? It is the quality, Tony, not the quantity that matters. I, I keep getting told that. <laughs> By your manservant. Yes, Claude. <laughs> Shout out to Claude, my manservant. This is why Tony doesn't appear on the podcast as often as he'd like. Because <laughs> <laughs> it will all degenerate into just complete rubbish. How is everybody? Stephen, let's start with you, sir. All okay, yeah? Yes, all okay, yes. Um, it's really good to be back on with Tony. Um, mm. you know, I, I enjoy listening to the episodes he does um, with you without me there, but um, I certainly enjoy podcasting with him as well so it's good oh, to have him kind, yeah. have him on yeah. so likewise um, maybe regretting those words by the end of the show <laughs> <laughs> well we'll see how it goes yeah it's only the second episode in he doesn't know me yet <laughs> no obviously not <laughs> and how are you sir good to see you oh living the nightmare living the nightmare living the nightmare i've traveled down overnight to be here um from cambridgeshire and yeah i well, know i'm here four hours sleep um, and very watched the movie literally. recently, <laughs> an hour and nine minutes ago, I finished the movie. <laughs> I got home last night and I looked how long the um, sorry this morning and I looked how long the film was going to be, so I knew what time I had to wake up. Yeah, ten to seven for those who are interested. <laughs> so I finished at nine o'clock because I knew I needed fifteen minutes to get to your house because we have a little bit of chitty chat before we, we do indeed um, connect up with everybody. Um, and here I am. So it's fresh in your brain. Well. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> and I believe, Stephen, you chose this specifically for a, a three-way podcast. Ooh. It was it was one that you thought would be suitable for all three of us and should generate some conversation. Is that, that the idea behind it? Yeah, I thought, uh, you know, a film from the 70s about, um, you know, the time in, in India during the Victorian times, the Raj, and then having the, the appearance of two of the... Uh, most iconic British actors. I oh, thought gotcha. it might be within our wheelhouse for for covering. Yeah. So I was hoping it might um, it might hit a certain certain um, spark with us. 
Yeah. So we'll, we'll see how that goes, whether I was right or not. Okay, and the movie is The Man Who Would Be King. So a short break, we'll be back after this. Welcome, my friends, to India and Afghanistan and Kafiristan. Kafiristan, the remotest place on Earth where only Alexander the Great has been before you. With the help of Michael Caine and Sean Connery and Christopher Plummer, we are doing all in our power to tell this wild, funny, and bizarre tale. The man who would be king. And now, Sean, let me introduce you to Brother Peachy Carnahan, which is him, and Brother Daniel Dravert, which is Ari. We've been all over India, you know, her cities, her jungles, her jails, and her palaces. And we have decided that she isn't big enough for such as Therefore, we are going away to another place where a man isn't crowded and can come into his own. We're not little men. Detriments, you call us? Detriments? Well, I want to remind you it was detriments like us that built this bloody empire, and he is out of the bloody rods. And so on. About turn. Finally, quick march. The year is 1885, not that that matters. For in Kafiristan, time is without beginning or end. It is timeless as Rudyard Kipling's story, The Man Who Would Be King. Look at the size of that ruby. There's a bigger one. Michael Caine and Christopher Plummer in John Huston's The Man Who Would Be King. The Man Who Would Be King, released in the UK on the 19th of December 1975, directed by the legendary John Huston, starring the equally legendary Sean Connery, Michael Caine, Christopher Plummer and Saeed Jeffrey. Synopsis. They rarely make them this way anymore, but they should. Based on the Rudyard Kipling story and packed with spectacle, humour, excitement and bold twists of fate, John Huston's film of The Man Who Would Be King earns its crown as one of the screen's great adventures. Sean Connery and Michael Caine, chins out, shoulders squared and with an occasional sly wink, star as British sergeants Danny Drabbert and Peachy Carnahan. The empire was built by men like these two, now they're out to build an empire of their own. They're venturing into remote Kafiristan to become rich as kings. That was beautiful. Thank you. I didn't write it. Just read it. <laughs> <laughs> Very well read, sir. I'm going to go over to Stephen first, Tony. Um, Thank you. That's a good idea. Okay, because he selected it, and I'm assuming you are oh so familiar with this film, sir. Yeah, it's one that I saw on a, a Sunday afternoon when I was about seven years old, I think, for the first time. And um, although it's it's a film that a lot of people aren't aware of, it seemed to crop up quite often in my awareness it okay. seems to be on quite a, a lot over the, the sort of the following decade or so so um i've probably seen it about five times at least before i watched it the other night okay. um but it, yeah it's it just it evokes a certain certain charm of of these sort of um days gone by where there was the, the british raj and and the adventuring into 
unknown lands and strange peoples and and uh, no, I didn't appreciate. I suppose the the commentary on the behaviour of of the British in these foreign lands when I first watched it as a yeah. as a younger person, but um, that's definitely in there as well. Now you're watching it older, mm. but it's 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 just a a, a bit of a, a a rich adventure, really. Yeah. But um, we've <coughs> with a, a point of showing that you know you can fumble through all these things and and get what you want, and then not actually <laughs> that be. Yeah. Um, what you really um, should have been aiming for, exactly. because it turns out to be a tragedy in the end. Does, so, yeah, um, but yeah, it's it's just full. I just it's full of of um, lines and um, scenes that are just iconic in certain ways for mm. for this type of film. Um, and it being based upon the the classic literature of, of um, Rudyard Kipling as well is um, is quite interesting. And it's also interesting to actually have Rudyard Kipling. In it as a sort of course, yeah. supporting cast member, which I think is is quite unusual. There's only a few films around there that have like the author there as themselves in in the film mm. sort of thing that they that is. It's, so that's that's a bit of an oddity in itself. But yeah, the performances from from the the cast is is something to be um to to be commented on as well. Thankfully, so um so yeah, it's a film that I you know I've I've got a. A liking for and a fondness for from from childhood. For those seeing it brand new, I don't know what their perceptions would well, be. So that would take us over to Tony, I suppose. So yeah, now we're, we're talking watching brand new. Literally an hour ago, you turned this movie off. So yes, first time watch. First time watch. Just give us a general first impression. <sighs> Loved it, hated it. I was a bit unsure when I first put it on. Okay. Yeah, I thought I'd enjoy it because it had Michael Caine in it and Sean Connery. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was keeping an open mind because it could have been complete shit. <laughs> yeah, <true>. um, <laughs> but knowing me as long as you have, what do you think? Do you know what? When Stephen suggested it, mm. at first I thought I don't know if Tony's going to like this. Yeah, it's 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 not black and white. It hasn't got Joan Sims in it for a start. No, yeah. where's Joan? <laughs> Um, but at the same time, there was no reason for you not to like it. I think Joan could have played Roxanne very well. Exactly, yeah. So instead <laughs> we get Shakira Kane. Yeah. You know. um, but then thinking back to the very first episode, you brought to the table The Eagles Landed. Yeah. So I know you've got that same love for Michael Caine that I have. So I'm yeah. thinking, yeah, just give it a go. And then, I, I don't know, I thought you'd you'd like it, but you wouldn't rave about it. But I'm getting the feeling that you probably liked it quite a lot. I did like it a lot, Excellent. actually. I did enjoy it. Excellent. It's just British stiff upper lip, isn't it? Completely. Oh God, yeah. Um, but it also makes you appreciate how horrible the British are. Mm. Yeah. Um, exactly. I, I, do you know what? There was a, a point, I was thinking the way they were talking to people and they're treating the people, and I think, oh, really? We're part of that? Mm. We still do it now with Ireland. That could not be... We might have to edit that out because Ireland might not be part of England for much longer. Um, this could actually be a multinational movie very soon because we've got Scotland from you know, Sean Connery. That could be on its own little thing soon. Brexit. <laughs> You're dividing up the nation. Yeah, yeah. Speak, yeah. yeah so it's not. This isn't truly a British film now, is it? Um, um, we've got two nations: Scotland and England. It, does this count as a British movie, Stephen? John Hughes director. I would. I would say because of the the stars that are in it and because it's it's about. The British and the British Empire. Yeah. Um. I would say that that's um that's how it ties in. We've been British because it's it's it, as you said as Tony correctly said it's so stiff upper lip um 
sort of adventuring mm-hmm. that um, it can't fail to be British. I mean, there's no other nation really that that has done that and and probably will do that. And in some ways, as you said, that's quite good considering how we treated people. But mm-hmm. um, this, no, this is film, completely within the wheelhouse of being British and British em- Empire at its height. So yeah. um, sorry, Tidy. What did you say? Then? It's a very, very ballsy film. Ballsy. Yeah, that's how I sort of interpreted. Very, very ballsy. In what way? What do you mean? How two ex-soldiers were going to go back to reclaim a part of India that we'd already tried to snatch in the first place? <laughs> yeah, the sheer cheek of it. Yeah, yeah they'd, they'd never been before, and they were going right. Well, that's we yeah. can do that. We're British. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's rightfully ours. We own everything else. Well, it's it's the line in it that one of the lines that a quotable it goes no we're not gods but we're the next best thing we're British we're English we're the next best thing this is our typical greed isn't it (laughs) the British (laughs) can I let you into a secret I thought I'd seen this oh really oh it's just another one of those that you've seen but in actual fact and as I'm watching I'm thinking I don't know this film at all (laughs) until we get to one particular point and you you know how, how often I do my very bad Michael Caine impersonation yeah, go do it now. No, I'm not going to do no, it. No, you now. have to now. No, you said that. <laughs> well, actually, there's happen. a line coming up. And, and the bit I recognise, because I've used this line when I'm doing my drunk Michael Caine, is the bit where he's, t- he's drilling them into... Um... <laughs> Put some context behind that, I think. <laughs> oh, oh, was, that, was that one of the, uh, the tribe leader's um, yeah, sons? the sons, that they mentioned, yeah. Um, <laughs> there's only 32 of them, yeah. <laughs> um, they're teaching them, you know, manoeuvres and, and holding guns and stuff like that. And, and Michael Caine's getting really frustrated and he says, tell him he's not going to go before him, he's not going to go after him, he's going to go bloody with him, that bit. <laughs> and I knew that line. And I've seen bits of it. I, do you know what? I think I probably tried watching this 20, 30 years ago and gave up. Yeah. It, or it might have just been on in passing on the TV and it was just, you know... I've watched the first half an hour, but I'm, I'm totally unaware of this whole movie. Well, I'm aware of the movie, but I totally hadn't seen the film. I can guarantee that. And as a first-time watch for me, I loved it. It, yeah. it, it, it took a bit of a bit of a slow start, a bit of a slow burn. It does. It's got the that introductory pace, which is, you know, in it it doesn't give you a lot to begin with and it's sort of just setting up uh, for the story to kick off really rather mm. than it being that um, there's anything particular to, to give you to hook on to to think I know where this is going yeah um, so yeah I can understand that the thing that I, I was expecting and I'm not saying this is you know detrimental to the film itself because I love the movie when you've got John Huston directing and you've got Michael Caine and you've got Sean Connery, and you've got the location. I mean, it's it's going to be difficult not to make this film look good. You know, on film. set in Bradford. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't set in Bradford, Tony. I'm sure Stephen can vouch for that. Um, <laughs> no, but it wasn't. It, but it definitely none of it was filmed in Asia. <laughs> where, where was it filmed? Morocco. It was filmed in in Morocco. There we and, go. And, right. And, um, bits of Turkey, and I think bits of Egypt as okay. well. It was it was all around. You know, around but, the Mediterranean, basically. Yeah. But the point I'm going to try and make is I was expecting it to be a bit more epic. Mm. Um, it didn't feel like a big movie. It felt like a fairly large movie, but it didn't feel like a John Huston, Michael Caine, Sean Connery movie to me. It, it just seemed a little bit subdued. 
but I'm, as I say, I'm not taking that away from the film itself because it's still a bloody good film. It still looks absolutely superb. But I loved it. I absolutely loved it. It's like James Bond met Zulu. James Bond met Zulu. <laughs> <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> now well, there's the tagline. <laughs> James Bond met Zulu. You've got your Sean Connery. He's just being Sean Connery, isn't he? Um, <laughs> full of himself, loving it. Yeah. And then that's the reason Michael Caine got casted because he already had the uniform. And he suits <laughs> it very well. It's exactly the same uniform. Did you not? Did you not like Sean Connery's accent that he put on? Oh, <laughs> what was it? I mean, it was. It is Sean Connery. Was he trying to be Cockney or something? Because there was a couple of Sean lines. Connery had been bitten by a wasp. <laughs> I think. I think there's a certain point in it. I remember really early on, and he, he he's he's, ta- he's saying that he was from. I think he said he was from Durham. <laughs> the character and I'm thinking they don't speak like that in Durham I can no, tell you that much no um, so but then again you know we've, we've seen him in Red October where he's playing a Russian yeah. <laughs> Russian naval commander and he's Scottish so yeah. Highland um, is the prime example isn't it yeah, yeah. oh well Highland is great because it's got a, a Frenchman playing a Scotsman and a Scotsman playing a Spaniard, Spaniard. Yeah. they just need they just need to have a, a Spaniard playing a Frenchman and they've got the full the full triangle <laughs> Why do we like this film? Then? What what is special about this film, Stephen? It's achingly British in in many ways, like we've said. Mm. It's um, it it does show, unfortunately, the warts and all um, type thing of of how bad the British behaved, but also displaying the romanticism of what the British adventurer was out out there in Asia and particularly in India. Yeah. So it encapsulates all those bits together. But it it, it is the interplay between Sean Connery. And Michael Caine, that particularly, uh, this is the hook for. I mean, this is. I know it was tra- It was mooted that this film was going to be happening um, with various other actors previously. Yeah. Um, you know, Paul Newman and and such were attached to it, and and Robert Redford, I think, together. And then there was Bogart, I think, was attached to it as well, uh, going back decades. But it had to have two actors that had that ability to play off each other and I mean these two are friends anyway yeah. so that played particularly well and I mean not to overshadow the fact that you know you had um, Saeed Jaffrey who, who was just brilliant in, in this as well, oh, yeah, well um, he will crop so, up many times I think over the next few podcasts because he's mainly known for TV isn't he Saeed Jaffrey but any film set in India any British movie set in India he was in Gandhi, yeah, to India, and, you know, and a lot of films that were then subsequently made, like the film for and, and oh, um, films and stuff, where he needed a, an Indian, he was yeah. sort of he was really bust in. It was mm, um, yeah. my, so mm, sorry, my beautiful laundrette, prime example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. So I don't know about you, know, you two, but when he came in, again. when Billy Fish came in, did he just not turn into an half hot mum for you? <laughs> Well, was he the comic relief? Is that what you're saying? But then again, yeah. I, I think it was quite funny. No, oh, I liked him. Yeah, I think he's very good. But it just turned into eight and a half, not mum for me. <laughs> <laughs> I love the way Tony brings everything down to sitcoms and, and you know reference points. Yeah. Like that. Oh, it's, there's it's a link, there's always a link to a seventies sitcom with Tony. I, I know this. Yes. Um, I know him that well. So, but, um, and that's not a bad thing. Oh, so, no, I liked you know. it. I he liked it. You think that bit works? He, he's a he's an important character, as equally as important. As the two stars, isn't he? Yeah. Um, because he's the link between the natives and yeah. what they're trying to achieve. But why the lies is the British? I just oh <laughs> god, it's true actually. Yeah, it's, it's what was the guy's name? Randy, wasn't he? In the I thought, mum. Yeah, Michael Bates. Yeah, um, the punker waller. That's him. So 
the, the the friendship between the two leads is evident. You you can tell that you know those guys had an immense sort of fun time making this movie. Yeah, I don't think this was a chore for them. You know, they're, they're working, and, and I think what it is is possibly working with who was to them one of the greatest directors of all time. It's probably a dream come true. You know, Michael Caine probably you know went to the cinema in the forties watching John Huston movies. Um, but, apparently, but apparently John Huston pretty much left them to it to direct themselves, <laughs> uh, apparently, um, commenting that they were, the amount they were getting paid, they didn't, <laughs> they could, they could work it out for themselves. Um, so he was apparently a bit hands-off in that respect, so maybe he was disappointed in what he was he, he got. But certainly, the you know, still a great movie came out of it, in my opinion, just, you know, however hands-on he was as a director. I'm going to mention something that has only sort of happened in this last week because it, it references what you were saying about other people playing the roles originally. This episode, I'm hoping, will be episode 51, uh, which will go out five or six weeks after we've recorded it, recording towards the end of August. So this is probably going to go out towards the end of September. This week, at the time of recording, we have set up a Facebook group for Real Britannia and... Stephen is totally unaware of it because he's not on Facebook. Well, he's aware of it, but he's, he's not taken part or, or seen any of the posts. He's not on Facebook? No, he's not. Quite rightly, too. I don't is he a real person? Eh? Are you even a real person? You're not on Facebook? <laughs> no, I'm just a figment of your um, imagination, Tony, and that, that should say you need serious professional help, really. Um, this is what you can conjure. They've got, the, um, no, never, got this accent down to a T. Aren't they? <laughs> We're talking to Siri, is that what you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> Siri from the uh, north. <laughs> yeah. So, um, the Facebook yeah. group, yes, right. I've, I've, I've never had a Facebook account, no, so oh, I've only heard about oh, this third hand. But, right. Um, okay. What I did last night, um, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Real Britannia. We have approximately 50 members in the that this has been sent up, which is marvellous news, and people are chipping in and contributing left, right and centre. Now what I did last night, I put a post saying that we were going to be meeting today and talking about the man who would be king and I asked for a few sort of comments, feedback and general sort of memories of the film. It was only 12 hours notice, so we've had two comments so far. One is from our dear friend Terry Frost down in Australia who simply says, God's holy trousers. And, um, do you think do you think he said it as Michael Caine as well? As Michael Caine, yeah, it was, it was that good an impression. Thank you. <laughs> and, <laughs> I told you it was bad. Oh, and, it was Billy Fish. <laughs> <laughs> and then another member, Kate Montgomery. Good morning, Kate. She writes, and it ties in with exactly what you said, Stephen. A classic. Houston had initially hoped to cast Clark Gable and Humphrey Bogart. I just can't imagine better casting than Sean Connery and Michael Caine. I'm glad they didn't. Well, it would have been, you know, 20, 30 years earlier that this film was going to be made. Mm. I mean, goodbye then, they were both long gone, weren't they, Stephen? I'd have thought, you know. Um, yeah, both, yeah. Both I, I believe I remember reading that um, when Bogart 
died, they were they tried to look around to see who they could pair up with Gable instead. Yeah. But um, in the t- in the time frame of them trying to find somebody, Gable went and died as well. <laughs> so it kind of. Um, but you're right. You're right. It would have been like twenty odd years beforehand. So mm. this film might have still been made, but it would have been classed as being a remake rather than yeah. um, a. a, a actual original version mm. which i don't think necessarily would have would have cast too much of a shadow over it necessarily but i think this this didn't you know this didn't need to be um anybody else than who it was to be perfectly honest and um, as you've said the the personal interaction between two friends playing these roles and and having having a riot doing so um yeah, I think perfect, it just worked so yeah perfect casting for the era we're talking 1975 so who bigger than you know it would have been Redford and Newman at the time possibly but then you think no let's have Michael Caine and Sean Connery and it just works it literally just works interestingly the bit I didn't read from the back of the DVD cover and I'm sure that the pair of you are going to disagree with this Paul Newman and Robert Redford were proposed right, to, for, for the roles Newman however suggested Connery and Kane. it's hard to imagine any others in the masterwork Kane called it the only film I've done that will last after I'm gone no, says Tony. No, no, no says I'm not Steve. sure about that. Because no. <laughs> um, I think, you know, when, when he does finally pop his clogs, God bless him, I think he'd be more remembered for Zulu and Alfie. I was going to say the Italian job. I mean, the Italian job. job. Italian yeah. job That's what's going to play. Well, yeah. mm. and they're, they're queuing yeah. it up. The babe have got it ready. Have they? Well, the Italian job. Yeah, the minute they get that phone call from the family member, he's gone. Play now. <laughs> Stop the news. <laughs> Italian job. Well, will, will be, yeah, it's... Just while you mentioned there um, mm. about family members, mm. um, of course, this has got Michael Caine's wife in it. Yes. Shakira Caine. Yeah, Shakira Caine. Not the first film that's well, not the only film that she appeared in, was it? With him? No, but we've done. You know, we've previously covered a film that had Sean Connery's wife in it, oh, and God. now and now we've got Michael Caine's wife. So we seem to be doing the rounds, really. Didn't you mention? Uh, I think a few episodes back, we're in serious danger of Sean Connery's wife actually getting into the Hall of Fame before he does. <laughs> <laughs> at one, yes, yeah, so at one point we were we were looking at that um, scenario, yeah. But then we, um, I can't remember what film we then did where we managed to to bring him to his final, um, yes, final yeah. appearance. So this is the fourth appearance of both Kane and and Connery, thankfully. So they they got there. Um, but yeah, at one point it was looking like he was he was being <laughs> going to be beaten by his wife for want of a better phrase. <laughs> <laughs> the, the message of the story. We've sort of hinted at this, haven't we? You know, that the English were bastards. Yeah. The English were greedy. Greedy companionship is what I'd call it. Did did they get what they deserved at the end? Yeah. Definitely? Yeah. But they're not unlikable characters, are they? Oh, no. They're cheeky rogues, aren't they? No. Um, that's because they, they are what they are. Yeah. Um, had that have been me and you just playing the part for the fun of it, then, yeah, we'd have deserved everything we got and more. <laughs> It's Michael Caine and Sean Connery, and you, you, you can't hate them, can you? Can't hate them because of who they are. Stephen, yeah. you, you're going to. But yeah, they're out. not. But they're not. They're not a pair of bastards that are going in there to to you know absolutely um, destroy a culture. They want to go and profit. You know, go in and, and nick some gold basically in a cheeky caper and mm. and scarp with it. And then yeah, because there's you know Connery, Connery gets this role in within the country where he ends up being the ruler yeah. and he starts trying to do things that are a bit more 
progressive and and, yeah. and kindly and, and bringing justice. So, you know, it's not a, an intention of going in there and just um, selfishly just taking everything. They, they do actually have some morals to them, but not, seat, not necessarily in respect of other people's property, but um, <laughs> otherwise they, they do have those morals. And um, so they're not, they're, as I think Tony just said, they're, they're lovable rogues really mm. rather than um, out-and-out bastards. Yeah, I mean, there's that scene, isn't there, where he's presiding over the villagers and there's the man that has how many wives and, you know, he's forfeiting his cows. Oh, his, or it's, his, it's, his, his wife's a going concern. She goes off and sleeps with other men and then in as a fine, they have to, like, give him... These other men have to give him... The um, some cows. Yeah. So she keeps going off and doing this, and he keeps getting more and more cows. And um, you know, like that's why I said she, she's, a, she's a going concern. So, so yes, and he's trying to then you know do that. He also talks about there's a, there's a, some villager who comes to him and they're wanting to raid another village because they've had a their village has been destroyed by fire and they want to raid another village mm. and steal all their grain instead. And he he says about setting up a, a, a system where he gives ten percent into yes, a it, central yeah. thing so that. When that happens, they don't need to raid each other. They can, you know, he's, he's, he's trying to bring some, you know, actually is, in a weird way, trying to bring some kind of um, civilization in a way, which is what the Raj always, the British Empire always claimed to be doing, but exactly, ne- yeah. necessarily do so. Yeah. yeah, on the other side, I mean, there, are, you know, there still is that aspect of, you know, we British so we're superior and um, imposing their culture so there's the the two sides to it but they're not bastards yeah they're not he, bastards he at gets all. to the point where he, he believes his own importance doesn't he you know to the point where he, he very nearly loses the friendship of michael kane because he's not bowing to him you know yeah um great story i mean this isn't it was a, it was a novella wasn't it Stephen? i think it was a short story wasn't it that Kip yes wrote. it's not yeah. a massive great tome i'm surprised it hasn't been redone I'm glad it hasn't been run. Yeah. I've only watched it once, but I, it's something I want to see it redone. Okay, it's one of those. Well, I'm, surp- that I'm surprised it had never got done before. Then I can, you know, I know we we know yeah. the back history of them struggling to do it, but I'm surprised nobody had attempted to do it going further back. Maybe they needed a certain amount of distance since British Empire and the sensitivity around Indian independence Could and all be. these kind of mm. things. They might have um, it might have been left in that, but yeah, I'm surprised it hasn't been remade. I'm surprised mm. it hasn't even even as a like a, a TV movie or, or something, or a, even yeah. a, a two or three part um, thing on television. I'm surprised it hasn't been um, attempted. Yeah. So I'm, imagine, glad it, I'm glad. It, I'm like Tony says. I'm glad it hasn't. Yeah. Because so. you imagine sort of similar sort of era, King Solomon's Mines. You know, was made in the fifties, the seventies, the eighties. You know, the remake upon remake of. It makes it more difficult for us because it's just more we have to watch. <laughs> yeah, but this the, uh, and you know, if they remade it now, what would they do? They chuck him bloody. James Corden or something over oh and you just no. want to just <laughs> right, stab him in the eye. Whoa, <coughs> stop there straight away with James Corden. He Awful. belongs Awful. in America, that man. He belongs in America. Oh, James Corden. I don't mind him and Gavin and Stacey, but I just hate him as a person. Oh. I, do, I, I despise him as well. Oh, so he just opens his mouth and he just yeah. straight away he gets my back up. Oh. I don't know why. He oh. just... I don't think I've got any opinion on James Corden. Have you ever, have you ever seen have you ever seen the awards ceremony where he'd been a complete ass to um, Patrick Stewart? Oh, 
Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah I've seen that. That, that, that was a final nail in the coffin for me, so I didn't like him. But <laughs> that's what they do, though. They do something like that to try and you know Comic ham relief. it up, and they wouldn't have the. They wouldn't, despite being seen as being a funny man, um, he wouldn't have the the comic timing and the the ability that Connery and and Kane had to be able to do comedy. Yeah. Um, so it would be it'd ruin it to be honest. Um, if they got somebody like that in, it'd be, be no good at all. If they were recasting it, you know, with British actors, it'd be Colin Firth and Jude Law, possibly. I don't know. Um, can't think of anybody else it'd be. Or. Ray Winston, if they're going down the Cockney route. Oh, God, Ray Winston is another <laughs> one. He's on the list. See, I love Ray oh, Winston. Oh, no, I can't stand Ray Winston. <laughs> but, yeah, they don't need to remake it at all. No. And um, it does show... It, it does show... Uh, it's, it can be watched just as a, a great romp of an adventure, you know, and, and the different scenes that they have that have got funny aspects to them or, or whatever... But there is these underlying points that are, are fairly subtly done about the, the treatment of, of indigenous peoples um, by the, the British Empire and, and such. Um, so I think that that's that's helpful. Um, although I did read did read that during the filming at one point they were doing some long scene with some other actors out there, and the the three principal ones were were stood on the sidelines and and Kane and. And Connery had, you know, was sat in their chairs yeah. watching watching the scene being filmed and all this kind of stuff. And say Jeffrey was was sort of stood around and ended up sitting on the floor. And they, um, Michael Caine, like upset the scene by having an outburst suddenly when they were in the middle of filming of him suddenly going, "Will you get this man a fucking chair?" Because because <laughs> he'd had enough of them just treating him like he was a you know second class and oh, the, you know right. Um, so, um, so you know, credit to him there. He wasn't actually carrying on his character in, you know, he wasn't, wasn't performing that, you know, his character off stage as well as on stage, as it were. So. Wow. Um, I'm just looking at the trivia on IMDb. Mm. Oh, right. Might uh, be there where I've seen it. No, I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I haven't seen that bit as, as yet. But incredibly, I mean, Sean Connery falls from the bridge uh, in one of the final scenes, you know, to his death. He did that stunt himself. He fell a hundred feet onto cardboard boxes from that bridge. Oh wow! Incredible. I didn't. I didn't well, he was he was lucky to get onto those cardboard boxes before Starsky, Starsky and Hutch drove through them. I think. So, but yeah, I mean, uh, it's amazing when when actors of that level decide to go and do their own own stunts. Yeah, oh. um, and that was quite a momentous one hundred feet. Yeah, it's incredible. It's it's. it's I loved it. First time watch for me. I was expecting something a lot bigger, a bit more epic, as I say, but I was perfectly satisfied with what I got. It was just, did everything it said on the tin, Tony. You know, it's it's an action movie, plenty of comedy in it. I was going to say, I found it quite funny. Yeah, lots of comic lines. I really enjoyed it. Good. Which, again, is why I think that the, that those... Comedic lines or, or mannerisms or, or the bits and pieces, I don't think they necessarily would have been carried off as well by Bogart or Newman or whatever. I think it did need it did need these two people to be able to really carry this off yeah. with the, the humour as well as the action. There you go. I've just found two other people that or four other people that were proposed in, you know, early drafts of trying to get this film made. Bert Lancaster and Kirk Douglas. That would probably I can worked. see I can see that, yeah. yeah. Probably would have worked. Richard Burton and Peter O'Toole. 
now that I think would have been the the, the second best yeah. to what we've got. I think so. Yeah, yeah, incredible. So the the story behind it, you know, you, you imagine this film took probably thirty years to get made from the original concept that John Huston, you know, ran about the time of Treasure of the Sierra Madre or something. Thought, you know, what, I'm gonna I'm gonna do that Kipling novella, you know, and it just never got done until sort of the twilight of his years. This was. Around about the same time as he was in Chinatown, wasn't he? Around about this sort of time, 75, wasn't he? Chinatown was the year before. Um, fascinating, fascinating piece of Hollywood. One of the last gasps of the big sort of studios as well, I'm, I'm sort of imagining as well, isn't it? Um, probably, yeah, mm, probably. Yeah. So, with all that in mind, Tony. Yes. How do you want to rate it, sir? Do you want to do five stars or ten? Oh well, we normally do a five star. Rating, we normally do don't five, we? so we we keep it. We keep your tradition. How would you rate this movie? Oh, five. Five out of five. Well, definitely a five. You, no, I'll you, definitely watch it again very, very soon. You really liked it, and you'll be yes. telling other people to go and watch it. Oh well. God, yeah, yeah, yeah. We need to keep the numbers up. <laughs> don't we? So, five star movie for me on a first time watch. Again, I'll, I'll quite happily sit and watch this if it's on the TV at any time. Stephen, yourself, how would you in your system of rating? My yeah, my weird system. Um, it there are some people like ourselves who would love to go see this on the big screen in and you know have have that group watch of it. I think mm. it's one of the few times when going to the cinema would be worth it for to be around other people because you'd get get the same enjoyment as the people around you, you know, laughing at certain lines and stuff. But for everybody else, I'd just say it's it's. It's a good enough film and an important enough film that people should, you know, keep an eye out for it and and make a point of, of seeking it to watch, um, whether it's on a streaming service or whether it's just um, looking out for it appearing on Talking Pictures TV or whatever. It's, um, you know, make a point of yeah. seeing it because it's 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 a film that is is worth your time to look out and watch. Let's take a short break. We'll be back after this. Okay, Stephen, Tony. Hello. Hello. Um, Hello there. <laughs> welcome to the Real Britannia podcast. <laughs> oh, dear, chin, that, chin. Yeah. Oh, um, very British. Yes. We very rarely get together, and it has been absolutely marvellous. Thank you, guys. For... Very rare I turn up at all. Let <laughs> <laughs> alone get together. <laughs> can read my mind. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It take long though, does it? No, thank you, thank you. Yes, why? Why you two are my friends? I have yet to find out. Um, what we're going to do is, Tony and I will we'll get together again at some point, whether it be next week, next month, whoever. I reckon around December, I should be able to fit you in. Squeeze me in before the end of the year. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Your hectic schedule. What are we going to be doing as as a couple, sir? So. Oh, well, we can't put that on air, but we are going to watch Dunkirk. The 1958. The, the proper version. The proper version. For those that were watched the new one, but we'll talk about that. So that should be coming time. up, yeah, hopefully this side of Christmas. What I'm going to propose, that the three of us do get together again as soon as possible, because believe it or not, I have enjoyed myself this morning. Thank oh, you. thank you. If you could tell your face. <laughs> That makes two of you. Um. (laughs) And I'm going to suggest that we go back to 1956 and review Reach for the Sky with Kenneth Moore. What a bloody good idea. Thank you very much. Good good idea, yeah. Yeah. What a choice. 
because yeah. we enjoyed reviewing the Dan Busters as a threesome, and I think Kenneth Moore's rapidly becoming one of our favourite actors. The more we see of Kenneth Moore, the more we love him. Yeah. So Reach for the Sky needs to be reviewed sooner rather than later. So let's get that done, hopefully this year, if we can. And I'm not sure where this is going to fit in the running order. We Stephen seems to think it's probably be episode 52 this will go out, Stephen, won't it? So, As a guess, yeah, but yeah. don't hold me to that. So we've got other stuff coming up. I think Scott of the Antarctic will be the next one if it all works out. So once again, Stephen, thank you very much, sir. It's been my pleasure and, and great to catch up with Tony. Tony, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for attending, Stephen. It was lovely. Marvellous. It's nice of you to turn up. Yeah, Tony. Yeah, I know. <laughs> We'll brush over that. That'd be edited out. Why <laughs> <Might> not? Right. <laughs> Keep liking and sharing the Facebook Facebook group. Yes, get on there. We're up six hundred percent, I think, at the moment. The activity for the page is six hundred seventy percent. Yeah, like six six people have engaged. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So keep liking, sharing, commenting, messaging us, yeah. telling us what to do. Read out the comments if it goes on the Facebook group. It's a good way of communicating with us. So. Yeah, and, and tell us what to review as well. Oh, no. don't give them too much power. No, no, no. <laughs> tell so, us what you want to hear. Suggestions are more than welcome, actually. So let's leave it at that, boys. Thank you very much indeed. I'll see you all very soon. Goodbye for now. Take care. Positive shot. Bon voyage. Good luck. Thank you. Hand up, sir.